0: use coupon code kumute radio at checkout to get 10 off and support the podcast joining me right now on kumute radio is christian lee he is one championship featherweight contender what's going on christian welcome back uh thanks for having me i'm doing good 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 um let's talk about one beyond the horizon in shanghai you faced edward kelly You were disqualified for an illegal spike slash suplex. Explain to us what exactly happened from the sound of the bell to the disqualification.
1: So uh, the fight starts and I executed my game plan. Actually, I did everything in that fight that I set out to do. My goal was to go out there, push the pressure on him, land an early strike, take him down, secure position. And, you know, Edward's... Um, got a good scramble off the bottom, you know, he doesn't want to be there So we were expecting him to pop back up to his feet and which is what he did But as he popped up to his feet I latched up my grip and I brought him back down to the mat which in wrestling, you know Just considered a simple redrop. I had a body lock one arm trapped and On the way down Edward Kelly had a choice I had a choice in a split second to bring him down to the mat. He had a choice in a split second to use that free hand to post or to try to lock on me. And what he did is he used his free hand to la- wrap around my other arm, leaving his head completely exposed. And that's what ultimately led to his head being spiked. Now, the thing is, um, I take that back. It wasn't a spike because, um, you know, in the MMA world, you know, defined by multiple martial arts referees, a spike is when there is no arc to the takedown. When you pick somebody up and drop them directly down on their head. So that that it automatically eliminates it being a spike. Now, when he popped up to his feet, I had an option to bring him straight back and suplex him, you know, which a traditional suplex where he would land on his neck. But in one championship, that's not part of the rule set. So I purposely brought him over the side. Once he landed on the mat, he was rocked a bit, but I followed up with four heavy strikes which I felt finished the fight. The referee stepped in there to call it off, and I you know I celebrated. I worked extremely hard for this fight and in my opinion, you know, honestly, and I feel a lot of other people's opinion out there, it was a clean finish and it should
0: have been a TKO victory. When you look at that fight again, in my opinion, it was like your your best performance. It was perfect from Beginning to end, I think I saw something before the fight where you explained what you were going to do and you did it exactly the way you explained it. Um, Now, when the referee came up to you, what did he say? Did he explain to you exactly why he was disqualifying you? No, actually, it was not his call. You know, in in the ref's
1: eyes, he, you know, I I truly believe he didn't feel like it was illegal. That's Mm. why he let the fight continue until he was out from the punches. Now, when the when the, um, when the decision was made to disqualify me, it actually involved um, multiple other officials at one. So it wasn't the ref's fault, actually. He stopped the fight, and he went to go check with the officials because, um, you know, right, whenever there's a slam finish, you know, in one, they're going to check it. And so they did. And he, he came to me, and he said, look, like, they're saying – that it's illegal because of the fact that he hit his head on the mat and like he apologized he said I'm sorry there's nothing that I can do about it you know I'm gonna have to give you a red card and it wasn't even his call to make so the ref was there in person he saw it live he was closest to the action and he didn't feel like it was a suplex or a slam and so I I think that's a big tell right there but um The decision was made by an official, um, you know, who wasn't live at the event. So I feel like many many things could have been lost in translation through through watching it, you know, um, through watching it over a computer or over a phone, you know, rather than actually being there live and seeing how it played out.
0: When you were told that you were being disqualified. You could see in your face that you couldn't, almost you couldn't believe what was happening. I saw it in your face. What exactly was going through your mind? Um.
1: Well, you know, I I felt robbed. I really do feel like I was robbed of a victory and handed um, handed a loss that should never have been on my record. You know, I I instead of going moving up to ten and two, it pushes me back to nine and three. Um. You know, people, people. You know. It doesn't really matter, but at the same time, it does in terms of, of my brand. People are thinking that, you know, I'm a dirty fighter, that I wanted to, you know, paralyze this guy. And none of that is true. The fact is, he landed on his shoulder. His head hit as a result of him having nothing other than his shoulder to post on the mat, and that's that's what happened. You know, I believe that it is still at the end of the day, it's a fight. He said in a in a um, pre-fight interview. His goal, he wanted to finish me with a head kick knockout in the second round. Now, I don't see how putting your shin into another person's head could possibly be any worse than getting dropped hard on a takedown. You know what? It's a fight. These things happen, and you know going into it that there's a potential for injury. And so I I feel like, you know, it is what it is. It's, It's a fight. People need to understand that.
0: You got a lot of people online supporting you, but you also got a lot of haters attacking your actions, like you mentioned right now, that you don't want that image of being a dirty fighter. How do you handle the backlash from these fans? Uh, You know,
1: I, I put my opinion out there. I put my side of the story. And, you know, a lot of fellow fighters can see that, you know, I was robbed. It should have been a win. And then there's a lot of people out there, you know, saying that, it it is illegal. It should be illegal. I should be disqualified, and you know a lot of things. But they, I I appreciate support in in any way. So you know, if if they want to comment on my picture, my video, and you know share their thoughts, they're more than welcome to. You know, just I just want I just want people to to know about it and to see that. You know, if you actually watch the fight, just go and watch the fight, and you'll see that it wasn't it wasn't a dirty move at all. It's perfectly. Legal and it's just a part of mixed martial arts.
0: This is your first back to back losses on paper. Yeah. Moving forward, what is the plan? Moving forward,
1: I'm going to look for a fight very soon. I'm going to try to lock in a contract and I want to take out everybody. I want to take out every single contender in the featherweight division. In the roster right now, currently, whether they're bringing in new guys to the promotion, you know, I, I just, I want to fight anyone and everyone. And I just, I want to build up my record, you know, make some money. And when, when when one decides to give me another title shot, it will happen. But right now, I'm just trying to take out as many names as possible.
0: Are there any potential matchups or target, targeted shows you are looking at to get on?
1: Uh, I would like to... I would like to fight on the Singapore card. You know, Angela's going to be on there defending, oh, actually fighting for her second second division title. Um, so I would love to be there fighting on the same card and then being able to support her later on in the night.
0: I saw that you were getting in work with Max Holloway not too long ago. Is this something that you are doing often?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so we started training together. Uh, we just like reached out set up his training session and, and since then, we uh, we go back and forth when he's in fight camp or when I'm in fight camp. We, we help each other out, give each other rounds and new looks and he's a great guy, real humble champ and it's a pleasure to work with.
0: How is it going against the UFC champ? Is he almost the perfect training partner for you? Same division, everything?
1: Yeah, it's, it's perfect because you know, we're around the same size, we fight in the same division. Um, but he's in UFC. I've been mean one championship, so there's there's no threat of us meeting up. That's why we're able to just you know exchange techniques so well.
0: Now I want to talk about your Korean background. Your mother is Korean, so that makes you half Korean. What Korean customs do you follow in your household?
1: <laughs> Mostly the food. You know, <laughs> uh, my mom makes some killer Korean food. You know, kai bee, uh, kimchi. We Um, she cooks up, you know, meal cook. Uh, However, my, almost my entire relationship with my Korean side is with my mom. Um, We're not in contact with, you know, most of the rest of my mom's family. Um, So, you know, my, everything Korean in my life is my mom. You know, we don't, we don't spend too much um, contact with the rest of her side.
0: All right, now, one championship, is targeting a show in 2019 in Korea. Um, you and your sister, of course, both half Korean. Is that something that interests you a lot to be able to go to Korea, fight in Korea, and experience Korea? Absolutely.
1: Um, you know, I've always wanted to go there, dying to go there, and I would love to travel there with my sister and the rest of my family and, you know, compete.
0: All right. Nowadays, fighters are involved in other ventures inside and outside of MMA. Do you have anything going on you would like to promote?
1: Um, you know, I'd love to promote our gym back home in Hawaii, United MMA. Um, it's, it's run by me, my mom, my dad, and my sister, and it's it's a family-oriented gym. We teach um, as young as four years old. to. There's no age limit, really. And our goal is just to, you know, to teach martial arts, to show, to teach the young kids, you know, respect, discipline, work ethic. And, you know, whenever we have young kids come in, you know, we can really see them, watch them grow up, grow up through training and through martial arts. And it's great. You know, we we have a, a lot of family classes throughout the week and you'll see a room full of people kids as young as four years old training with their parents side by side doing different drills and you know I feel like, like that's what keeps me grounded is having that gym to come home to to teach every day and, and, then, and then fight as well you know so I feel like it's a healthy balance between teaching um, living humbly and then going across the world and competing on a big
0: stage and fighting for sure yeah uh... <laughs> Thank you for your time, Christian. I know that you're gonna be. If you say you want to be on that Singapore card, most likely you'll be on that Singapore card, and you'll be facing another contender, which is exciting for you. You're still so young, man. Like, it seems like you've been fighting forever, but you're only 20 years old, which is crazy yeah. if you think adding, about adding
1: it. Adding
0: into my 13th fight. Yeah. <laughs> right <on. laughs> All right, I Christian. Yeah, it was fun talking to you, and uh, hopefully. Uh you can get past this and uh get in get into your next fight, you know, with a clear head and a uh, positive attitude, man.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you.